Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Ooh, a 20. (gasps) I I was... Go on. <laughs> I was so thinking that was going to happen. I don't know why. I just you had just a feeling. I was like, I, I just know she's going to roll a 20. I know it. We, I know it in my bones, it. in my heart, and in my soul. All of them. And I did have to roll earlier for us to make a decision mm-hmm. about the structure of this episode. And I rolled a nat one. So I just so, had to get that one out of our system so that we could roll that 20 it. while we were recording. Well, and you know, and I think because we, were, we weren't we were sure about that one on deciding again, like you said, how we were going to structure this. Uh, but now with that 20, I think this is the right choice. We're... I think so, too. The universe has has, uh, has agreed. Our, our mm-hmm. fourth host, the universe, <laughs> has agreed it's with us. Sm- <laughs> It's a very auspicious podcast, you guys. <laughs> so I want to explain that the reason we were rolling to decide about the structure of this episode, which is not typically what we do, is because um, this particular one was these series of scenes and a lot of these events were happening concurrently. And we had a discussion about whether or not it might be more or less confusing if we combined some of those scenes by character, uh, just to make it clearer for anybody who like us might have gotten vaguely confused during the episode or, um, you know, we're all a little fragmented right now. So Mm -hmm. it's a little harder to keep up, but I think we're going to just, we're just going to stick with the order that it happened. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I do have to say, though, at the top, before we get into uh, Fitz's meeting, Trav mm-hmm. skipped right over the fact that Argo was lying to Althea and Fitz was crying to get her to leave. And <laughs> I would have loved to explore that scene a little more. I will be honest. <laughs> I, I, I had kind of forgotten about it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I think that's just something we as creators, you know, who want to play in the sandbox is just a little bonus scene for us to expand upon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... The real meat of this episode is these interviews that we're going to have with Althea, and Fitz is up first. And we don't actually know what Hogg is doing here and why she came to their room specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting at first, you know, she's asking why he's even here, asking about his family. And here's the thing. I think this game has made me even more suspicious of everything. Like, I already am. <laughs> but now, now even more, I'm like, the fact that... It seems like Fitz is lying, but there's still part of me that's like, is there some part of this that's true? Mm -hmm, And it would just seem like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. He's not a great liar either, right? Because, I mean, at least about this part, because in the scene with Althea, he tries to lie and say that his family is in a different boy i almost said in a different hog and that really it does sound terrible when you say it out loud his family is in a a, a different a different guild yes (laughs) somehow the same but different you wouldn't know Mm -hmm. them my uncle also works at nintendo absolutely Um, (laughs) he has the new pokemon game already Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it doesn't seem like i mean in what universe did he think that that kind of clumsy cover-up was was going to work with somebody um right right it's strange that he that he chose to lie in it, to to do that lie. I guess I would say in in talking to somebody who was clearly not going to believe him, right? Somebody mm-hmm. who would know yeah. whether or not this other thing existed. Everything certainly leads toward Fitzroy is lying and trying to cover up the truth. And you know we see that more, especially later on in this episode. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, there's still that little part that's like, what if this turns around and like Good Castle exists and. Yeah. There is I some sort of explanation. I really want Good Castle to exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to know what's going on with him. Like, is he just kind of young and goofy? Is he not responding? And embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is he not responding to the stress of his situation well because of his ego that, you yeah. know, like, because, and that's what I did wonder, um, which I know we'll talk about later, but in terms of his ego, how much of his ego is a thing that he's constructed, like, to protect himself because he's actually right. really insecure, which I think is quite frequently yeah. the case with egotistical people. Yeah. Uh, not always, but but certainly frequently. Yeah. Right? We've all watched that after school bully special. Oh, you know. They're they're hurting more than they're hurting. They're they're more hurt the hurt they put on you. <laughs> That's what they say. Oh no, no, I'm thinking of, uh, of Griffin in that um that after school the PSA. Oh, no. he oh was my in. god. Anger. <laughs> Baby Griffin. <laughs> it's all coming full circle. And adult that's, Griffin that's... is is this character has to say Thunderman out loud. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? There are little things that he just drops for her to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he is Thunderman. And in bringing up the Thundermen, she then asks about the fact that the Fearbulg and Argo are his sidekicks right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that we see in his response as to whether or not they're going to stick with him after school. Like, when he ideally goes pro, mm-hmm. does he see them staying with him? And he doesn't, at the moment, he doesn't sound like he's that interested in having these boys stay with him. Mm-hmm. Or at least he doesn't want to commit to that. Yeah. Right. See, I felt like it was maybe more an expression yeah. of him being uncertain about the bureaucracy element of this, ah. that he wants to be a hero, but I'm not sure if he wants to play by the rules, you know, like, I, because okay. I, I, they have this conversation about about how how they function and like what their role is and and um, right. sort of what the restrictions might be on yeah, him as a hero. And yeah, and I think he was not he's very chaotic good maybe uh, optimistically yeah. and i I'm, I'm not sure that he was responsive as, as much as he he likes having the structure of like class systems i guess or you know the, like <laughs> yes. he's better than everybody else he likes that structure but i don't Love think he that. likes structure when it could potentially hurt him interesting i like that mm. and i'm just gonna kind of jump in right now and yeah. kind of point out the gaming aspect where it's it's that character building of I am interested to know what Griffin has devised mm-hmm. and what mm. Travis is pushing. Ah, yeah. Yeah. In the way of like did Griffin come out and say, you know, here's my plan is I've got a character who's very hoity toity and, you know, upper yeah. class da, 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 mm-hmm. but secretly, you know, it's all a lie and da, 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 and then Travis takes that or does Griffin come out and say like here's my character, here's his status and Travis is like, but what if? And then yeah. I kind it's of kind of railroad. And I don't want to use the word railroad really, but sure. like kind of, you know, change the course on him. Yeah. Where now Griffin just has to kind of keep up. Sure. And I don't know. I don't know which way it's going. Yeah, I think that's that's always a question with secrets in, in games like this, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. And everybody's got some secrets. Yeah, so it's it's hard right. to say. Like, I, I am I am also very curious about that. I hope if they do mm-hmm. uh, a, the, the Adventure Zone zone, I think that would probably be my question. Um, oh, yeah. At this like, point how is much like, was... yeah, like how, how much of the secrets are collaborative? How much of uh-huh. it is, you know, you have already come up with something or came up with something later as a player? How much of it is the DM saying, would you find this interesting as a development for your character? Yeah. Right. No, those are good questions. Because I've definitely seen it played both ways. Like, I've mm-hmm. had a character where I was like, this is what he thinks, but this is what actually happened. And the DM was able to play off of that. But okay. then I also saw someone who had just a very basic character and the DM was like throwing like, and then this is the secret brother you never knew about. And like mm-hmm. got very yeah. uh, soap opera with it, but <laughs> it, it just added to it. Yeah. Well, and we saw that happen in Balance. No spoilers, of right. course, but like big things happen in Balance yeah. that the players themselves never saw coming and mm. really just had to roll with on the fly. I could see it going either way, especially knowing how the Adventure Zone has been played before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And speaking of secrets, Fitz does ask Althea if perhaps the hog got a letter of concern. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that she does say yes. There there was some letter of concern. And of course, she doesn't say who. But that's where then I was like, okay, so immediately you would think it's Leon. But then I'm like, what if it wasn't Leon? What if it's not? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. It could have been somebody else because we know what's on the table here in terms of mind control or being able to affect right. people's memories um, or their perception of reality. So really, it could have been anybody. It could have mm-hmm. been anybody. And speaking of mind control, we learned that that is like top tier. That is those like, what do they call it in Harry Potter? The like unforgivable spells or whatever i forget but it's one of those and speaking of unforgivable things whoever has done this i am now mad at them not just for what they've been doing but that they made poor fitz feel scared and alone this whole time because he clearly thinks that leon is dead and that it's his fault Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we get some real vulnerability from him in this scene Mm -hmm. he's been our vulnerability boy for a while i think yeah and yeah just puts on a lot of bravado Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah, once you get into that, once you break that, it's not even a hard candy shell. It's like... <laughs> it's a soft candy shell. It is a It's soft. like a Magnum shell. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like a Cadbury cream egg. <laughs> <laughs> Defo chocolate. He's not a hard candy. <laughs> Fitzroy, you're our sweet chocolate boy. <laughs> but this brings us to that question... 
Can mm-hmm. we trust Althea? Mm-hmm. The huge question, yeah. Uh, and obviously he's wondering it too, because we'll pick back up with him later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I it's it's. Mm, I have two thoughts on this. One, yeah, we can't trust anyone. No, mm-hmm. never. You think you have a best friend? You don't. You don't. You think that that's your good, friendly teacher? It's not. Don't tell anyone anything don't love anyone ever <laughs> never pet cats you don't know we keep telling we've talked you about, we've told you this but then flip it around i believe last episode travis did tell us that uh he named althea after a sweet child he did yeah it's so like i can't imagine him being like oh hey sweet child no, she's a villain. name this character after you but she's actually the big bad <laughs> but maybe I mean, this kid is totally down she's like no i love that yes please and exactly thank you. signs her name at the bottom and notarized it it could be it could be but you're right he might have tipped his hand a little bit by telling us the inspiration i don't maybe, know maybe yeah but at least we we know that she's aware of the fact that they need to be careful because yes. she has this ring yeah. that's that's somehow preventing gary's from overhearing yeah. what they're saying mm-hmm. I really wish that like th- there was a like a, a mail in your cereal box tops campaign or something that you could get one of these rings by mail. I mean, it sounds great, and certainly something. Obviously, as Fit said, he was very interested in having one of those. Yes, he'll just have to watch his mouth around Gary's, as we all should. And speaking of Gary's, mm. we have as this is happening, our dear sweet Master Fearbolg is out and about and finding the Gary that is closest to Higglemas' office. This was really smart. That's yeah. exactly what I have written. A very smart move. My boy. Uh-huh. Extremely. He's got the brains in this outfit, I think. And <laughs> it's it's really a little heartbreaking. And I know we do this all the time, but damn it, Justin. His voice <laughs> look here oh, it's was genius. Just, it's yeah. perfect because he's having this conversation with this gargoyle <laughs> who tells him, like, yeah, we see you, you know, pretty much every day, every other day. Uh, every, I think it was mm-hmm. every other day to every three days. Yeah, yeah. but really frequently. And the furbolg is just like, what? Like, I, he had no idea Wait, that it was this is that all news frequent. Yes. And that's terrifying. It's so scary. And the fact that he goes in there for 10 to 15, or 15 to 20 minutes at a time mm-hmm. and then leaves and has no memory, that's scary stuff. It's it's a scary Gary situation. It absolutely <laughs> is. Which, of course, the yeah. Garys have nothing bad to do with it. We hope. Yeah. And it would have been scary anyway because he knew it was happening at this point. But to know that it's that frequent, mm-hmm. like yeah. that, that makes it worse. And on top of that, the fact that apparently Higgle misses Gary is asleep yes mm-hmm. during the times that the fear bulb goes in there There's, which also yeah. makes me wonder how often is this gary being put to sleep mm-hmm. yeah. and it's a powerful magic that has to happen to put stone to yeah. sleep spooky yeah. probably another one of those unforgivable book curses or whatever they're probably called. definitely top tier situation mm-hmm. and correct me if i'm wrong he did ask if he was often carrying things Right? I think yeah, he did, he ask, did yeah. ask. Okay. Yeah. And and so that's another thing. What am I taking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are we talking about? What is happening? What am I taking? Certainly the things that we know about, we we couldn't I mean, not that any of us are experts on on mm-hmm. magic inside of this universe anyway. <laughs> so I don't know that we could have figured out what what he's doing or why. But but they were certainly yeah. not things that were uh it was not obvious what their what right. their purpose right. might be for. So we do have and, and let's let's check out our murder board. Mm. We have the rock, uh-huh. which I believe was purple. We have the Mercury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I recall. Yeah, I don't think anything else was specified. I think mm-hmm. those are the only two that we know about so far. Okay. Yeah. But we do know that there is a lot more at play here. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. I mean, if he's going this frequently, there has to be. Mm-hmm. You Maybe. know, or is he just feeding him information? I. Yeah. It could be that. Maybe he... Uh... I don't know. Why is he using him as, as like magical Instacart to begin with? Like, can't he just get this stuff himself? <laughs> no, I mean, he's quarantined. <laughs> he's oh. hunkering down. He listened. He knows he's in that age bracket where he's very uh, susceptible. Yeah. In that case, thank you, Higglemas. <laughs> thank you for doing your part. Um, <laughs> it is interesting, once again, that of the three of them, it was the Fearbulg. And, you know, this also makes you wonder... If Leon was also being treated this exact same way. Yeah. Mm. I think that and, that tracks for sure. Yeah. Like, 
was he the Instacart deliverer before <laughs> the Fear Bulk was? <laughs> you know, and if he then just got too close to it yeah. and now he's mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. It makes sense because Leon had that conversation with them about being underestimated and that people think yes, that he's exactly. stupid. And I think that that's definitely, people definitely people think, think that Fearbulk is stupid. But there's Absolutely. a difference between like not knowing about accounting and not being not being <laughs> savvy, you know, but like not being oh, savvy shit. enough with other people. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that um, right. that has no connection with your sort of your ability to perceive other people or perceive Certainly. situations. And I think the fear bulb, mm-hmm. he is he has a very high level of emotional intelligence. Is yes. the, is the technical Ooh, way perfect. to put it? Yes. Yeah. So, but I think it's exactly that. People who are underestimated yeah. seem to be the targets here. Yes. And so in his discussion, and this was my, I think this was like my favorite part of the episode, is when the the Furbolg puts the network of Garys to his use and saying, he's like, I need you to do something for me. But of course, in his wonderful accent that I'm not going to try to emulate, uh, which is, you know, keep watch for me. And the Mm -hmm. next time you see me coming here, Here you know, use your hive mind, find Fitzroy and have him stop me. Girl. And it was so sexy. <laughs> I was just like, mm, like imagining this happening where they see him walking and then it's just like the beacons get, like, the lit yeah. up. Exactly. It's a total and then, Lord of the Rings moment. Oh, so good. And then the, yeah, the closest Gary next to Fitzroy just gets him and then Fitzroy comes a running. Running. Oh, He's I like, have oh, no, you chills don't. and they are mm-hmm. multiplying. It is so good. <laughs> I am losing control. <laughs> I can't wait to see this in play. Uh, and in return, uh, it gets even better. In return, the fear bug is going to um, help accessorize this Gary. <laughs> he wants a little hat with a big brim. This is, uh, this is the thing art that I want to draw that I have admittedly yes. not gotten to yet. <laughs> Please, you okay, guys. we have to decide how these Garys look so I can draw Y'all one with absolutely. eyebrows on top of his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can draw one with a wide-brimmed hat. <laughs> and you guys are totally reading my notes because that is the next thing. Can't wait to see these arts. This is going to be so good. Maybe that's what I'm doing tonight. Maybe that can be. I got to hold it. myself to it. Yeah. We'll do oh, it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> And now they're buddies. Now they are. T- they're total buddies. <laughs> also, just I, I'm sure this scene won't happen. But again, you got to think about it in in the form of a film or a television show. Hagelm is returning to his office, being like, "Hmm, nice hat," and then just like going in. <laughs> the little Gary tipping his tiny hat. To take oh, it's good day. Be great. But outside of this cone of secrecy that the Fearbulg and Fitzroy are now in, trying to figure out what's happening, and now the Scary as well, and then by <laughs> extension, most of the all the Garys, I guess. It's a club now. <laughs> outside, yeah. outside of the cone, we have poor Argo. Uh. Argo. <laughs> Who is just not trustworthy enough. I mean, he is a rogue, so. Oh, I get it, yeah. Oh, but he wants in so bad. He really he really wants in because the, the thrust of most of his conversation with Althea is about how he's at the school because he really, really wants to work with the Commodore. Oh, my goodness. This, this hero mm-hmm. that we have heard about before that he, yeah. that he is, like, the number one fanboy for. Uh. <laughs> And I believe this is the first time we hear that his his mother worked with the Commodore and that that's how he knows yeah. who he is or has, has, has met him before, it sounded yeah. like. Yeah, I like this explanation that the Commodore was essentially a go-between for them and the greater mm-hmm. Navy or Naval Fleet uh, yeah. as far as the the Keen's ship went. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is this is where you can tell that uh, Travis is really interested in pirates and the history of piracy. <laughs> Argo manages to bring up this history of like working as a privateer because obviously this is either came from Clint originally maybe or has rubbed off on Clint. Or or uh, does Clint love pirates as well? And Trav was then just primed for them when those Pirates of the Caribbean movies oh. came out. He was like, ah. I get this from my father. I cannot wait to go see this movie. What did he say? I don't know. 18 times in theaters. It was a lot. I remember him discussing it. I don't remember this at all. Oh, no. I feel like it was an episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me. Ah, Yeah, he's talked about it, My Brother, My Brother and Me. And they also did a Schmanners episode about the history Mm. of of pirates where they talk about the distinction between uh, like pirates and privateers and and Ah, what all of that means. Yeah, Love it. What a rich history. Well, it's all playing very well here. It's all really paying off. Mm -hmm. They may have slightly less accurate information about narwhals. Sure, (laughs) sure. Which is fair. (laughs) 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. No, but I like that. That they were originally Shibli was Shibli Shibri. What is her Shibri? name? <laughs> but we keep calling her Shibli. Her name's Shibli now. <laughs> that she. That they were initially hunting them, and then one mm-hmm. saved her essentially, and it was a very one magical day, magical moment. And it was like, no, 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 never again will I harm these mm-hmm. gorgeous yeah. creatures. I wonder if they had a talk. Probably. Underneath the waves. Well, and here's what I did actually really like about this story. I mean, I like so much of it because it gives us way more context for Argo. But mm-hmm. I also liked the little tidbit where when Shibli fell in, he went in after her because he says she he could breathe water and she couldn't. And yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think we did know that. I don't think we knew that he's only half Genasi. Yeah, we did not know that. I'm pretty sure that did not come up before. Yeah, the way he worded, like, of course she couldn't breathe water. I was like, oh, wait, that's not an of course. I didn't know that. Well, and I think <laughs> Genasi come about from, like, one human parent and one elemental parent. Oh. Oh, yes, I believe okay. that is true. This, I know less go. about the Genasi because they're a newer race. I would say they're they're quite new. Okay, good to know. Thank you. That makes mm-hmm. sense, then. I mean, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure. But that would make sense as to then why he was using words like, yeah. of course, she couldn't breathe uh-huh. water, but I could. Well, and we did. We still would not have known which parent sure. was right. what the situation that was there, how that happened. Mm-hmm. So good clarification there, Clint. Thank you. Yeah. But now that we've confirmed that all narwhals are special. Thank you, Griffin. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're also finding out that Argo's plans for the future, as far as Althea is concerned, are not actually super practical because he really, really wants to work with the Commodore but that's not really how the bureaucracy works. Like, you have to Mm -hmm. request to be placed with somebody. This is a decision that's made by multiple people, it sounds like. And even then, Althea's like, well, I can help you. I can help you kind of game the system by putting in a good word for you. And he says no, which I thought was strange. That is strange. Come on. It's it's not what you know, it's who you know. Interesting. He's gone through this a million times. It's interesting that both of you saw that as strange. I, I saw it as him wanting, like, he's so proud of this desire to be a sidekick but now that mm-hmm. you've both said it i'm like well now i suddenly don't trust argo <laughs> yeah again, i mean suspicious <laughs> of everybody is i wasn't line. sure never love anyone don't pick cats you don't know do not listen look at that mustache don't trust that mustache it's too beautiful come on i mean i think you could read it either way i think you could read it as despite being a rogue that argo is a straight shooter to the point that he's already in a secret organization he probably doesn't want any more like kind of backdoor things in his life right now maybe he doesn't maybe he really genuinely wants to be sure that he's only placed with the person he wants to be if he deserves to be there you know i mean that's fair i mean that's how i read it Mm -hmm. but but I definitely had this moment where I was like, since you already know this, you say we worked with him, which implies that he's met this person before and that that Mm -hmm. he might know him by name or at least know his mother by name. It does seem strange that he doesn't want someone to mention him to the Commodore. Like, because that sort of made me think, like, do you really want to work with this person or is this some kind of like weird revenge thing that you're trying to get close to him, but you can't let him know that you're coming for him? Like, what's is there something else going on here? Whoa, I love this. I'm Put having this on galaxy brain board. right now. <laughs> oh, that is good shit. And loving this. Very good. I will either I will either seem incredibly prescient or incredibly, incredibly wrong, which is generally how my <laughs> my theories go. <laughs> I can't wait to find out which it is. No, that's good. I hadn't even considered it. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, whether I'm suspicious of him or not, now we all unfortunately, are. poor Argo. Yeah. He feels left out of his Aww. of his friend group. And Aww. and I think he looks up to Fitz. For sure. Yeah. Like legitimately, I think he looks up to him and um, it, which may which may be a strong case for him not actually going after the Commodore for some sort of nefarious purpose that maybe he does just really respect somebody and want to earn that respect um, oh, and earn maybe. it fairly. Mm-hmm. But Fitz thinks he's stupid. He thinks he thinks Fitz <laughs> thinks he's stupid. Yeah. 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 Poor Argo. And he finds it hard oh. to get close to the fear bulg. He says it's, yeah. it's hard. He's he has a hard time understanding the fear bulg, which mm-hmm. is fair, especially if. The fear bug is very a straight shooter, but is vague. Meanwhile, yeah. you have Argo, who's very personable and very good at kind of doing word gymnastics to kind of mm-hmm. get where he needs to go. Right. I could see the two of them obviously getting along. All these boys like each other. That's the takeaway I have. But I could see it being mm-hmm. a little, he feels he feels like there's some sort of barrier between these other two. Yeah. Right. And they have titles and he doesn't. And he's very jealous. Right. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, then Althea suggests uh, the one thing that would make so many fanfics obsolete, which is, <laughs> well, have you talked to them about this? Like, no, we don't talk about it. We People harbor don't feelings. Do that. We it's not how this works. And that's how you get 75K. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Althea. Slow burn, Althea. Friends to lovers, Althea. Come on. Well, and here's what I will say about all of this. There's always such a good play from each one of these boys and I really appreciated kind of this realness that Clint chose to bring to Argo's character. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a young person who's jealous of his friends yeah, mm-hmm. and, obs- and is upset and wants to be a part of the group but doesn't know how. This reads very believable. Mm-hmm. In the fact yes. that he's like, I don't want to seem like a baby. I like, yeah. I don't know uh-huh. how you know this this grandfather was able to go back to that space <laughs> and be like, this is how right. this young man yeah. would feel and how he would right. try to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's a feeling a lot of us have had. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And so it's it's so relatable. Yeah, it's completely believable. And you tap right back into it. We all know how this feels, which is why we can all relate to Argo in this moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think all of them, their their characters, it makes sense that they're young people, that they have like these kind of the deep set fears that young people do of like not being cool yeah. enough and not being not right. being able to fit in. Um, like, I, I think right. that that's potential lying, which and, yeah. I love how I'm implying that this actually does change when you get up. I, when you grow older, like when you get up in years, <laughs> like, oh, yes, it's uh, totally different. No. Uh, you definitely feel like you belong <laughs> everywhere you go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to actual teenagers it's... who might listen to this. I have bad news for you. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, baby. I think it does. It gets better to at least compartmentalize and yes, handle it. Yes. But yeah, there's always that feeling. It's just a human originosity kind of feeling. <laughs> and then where where Fitz really opened up with Althea, yeah. Argo does the exact opposite and just kind of clams up yeah. and right. clams yeah. up, wink. Um, but when she's asking, you know, is anything weird happening here? He kind of laughs it off. It's like, everything's weird. <laughs> yeah. She's like, but when that becomes normal, what else is weird? He's like, uh, well, uh, nothing, nothing. Right. And I think that all has to go back to him protecting the unbroken yes, chain because that's probably what's weirdest for I him i would think so yeah absolutely that seems pretty weird that's definitely and he was sworn <laughs> to secrecy uh aggressively mm-hmm. so. yeah and even the way he answered with the the stuttering mm-hmm. and the brushing it off it's very much thou doth protest too much argo exactly like don't look into it it's totally fine <laughs> it's like mm, i'm gonna look into it yeah i'll let you know if i see anything but i haven't seen anything so far yeah i think we better hope that his uh his deception role was good <laughs> on althea and that she Ooh, will not yeah. look into this any further <laughs> and even if she does mm-hmm, who knows who knows what she's going to find who else is she talking to that's the big mm-hmm. uh-huh that's i have that question. extra little Take note what did leon assuming it was leon saying the letter yeah why is she actually here right and I don't think we mentioned this when Fitz was talking to her, but he did ask, is she going to be sticking around? Because he feels safer mm-hmm, with yeah. her here, adorable. And so sweet. she says, yes, she will be around. She'll be at the school. So that is, again, who else is she going to talk to? What is she trying to find out? Mm-hmm. And Fitz is right there with us. We are all like, what is she up to? He's wondering the same thing. Now, after he's had this talk with her, as much as he feels safer with her here and is intimidated by her, mm-hmm. he wants to know more about her specifically and initially is like do i go to the library and try to learn about the hog Mm -hmm. like how long has she been there i don't know what if i go to an instructor who he (laughs) apparently trusts as much as he can and thank god (laughs) let's go see festo oh my gosh i have to say Uh the first time i listened to this (laughs) i had it playing on a speaker upstairs Uh and i had to run downstairs for something and of course you get caught up in doing whatever (laughs) and so i could just hear murmurs of voices and And suddenly i hear (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh festo's here festo's here also i loved what you just did because it sounded like beaker from the muppets (laughs) and that's great (laughs) or like an animal crossing character (laughs) yeah oh there we go I have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh, we all have. We need it's it. Strong. Justin oh, yeah. on the mm. episode of Bestie said that this might be the most important game of all time, and I'm kind of right there with yeah. him. I, yeah. It sounds like it's <laughs> overblowing it, but I don't know. It might not be. But meanwhile, Festo has been 
continuing to party hard and is now curled up in a little nest of test papers, which I I loved that as flavor for the scene, like that little detail. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of of like an episode, a non-canon episode where Fitz accidentally wanders into a fairy, whether maybe all of them, they just accidentally wander (laughs) into a fairy rave. I'm kind of hoping that that happens now, even though apparently (laughs) it would end really badly. Well, hopefully, right. if they do find themselves in an unexpected fairy rave, they know to leave before, like, the hour marker, because that seems to be, <laughs> you wouldn't last an hour, was what Festo said. Yeah. So maybe they're like, I mean, we could probably stay for, yeah. I don't know, hot 30. It's like a, like a rave leave at an after. anime con, you know, you just dip in, you see for 15 or 20 oh minutes, gosh, and then yeah. you peace out. <laughs> Go get a breather. Go remember what fresh air tastes like. <laughs> And before we jump back in with uh, Fitz and Festo, Mm -hmm. which sounds like an amazing TV show that I cannot wait to watch, Mm -hmm. um, I've noticed something with Fitzroy is that he tends to kind of make really rash decisions. Hmm. And then once given the chance to kind of percolate on it, it's like, did I do the right thing? Ah. I think I overjumped that. Uh oh, how do I fix this? Who can I talk to? Ah. And because first it was talking to his crab <laughs> about course. should I have taken the villain track? And now it is, I need to go talk to a fairy about should I trust yeah. this person? Did I just give them way too much information? Yeah. A good observation. Where I should have been playing my cards closer to the chest. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the risk there is that by trying to like confirm it, that he's, he's, he's potentially putting himself more at risk because if you can, if you oh, go to someone right. you don't know if you can trust, ask if you can trust a different person that you don't know if you can trust. Uh-huh. But I guess he, I mean, he is a barbarian, so it makes sense that he would kind of Act- smash first. Exactly. Metaphorically and then ask mm-hmm. questions yeah. later. No, I like this. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that's another thing that kind of we've all done. I feel like I do that sometimes where after mm-hmm. the fact you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> how much, how much did I just, how, how much dirt did I just, bury myself in that I now have to crawl out of. Right. Yeah. And he struggles with how to ask Festo this question. Like, I I mean, I think it was, it was a, and I'm, I'm not criticizing this as a character moment because I think it totally makes sense for Fitz based on what we've seen of him in the past, but it was a really long walk to a short question of, Mm -hmm. can I trust this person? And if he had simply asked that outright, I wonder if maybe he would have gotten, you know, a really clear answer immediately because Festo's answer is not completely clear because it's kind of like, it isn't. You know, I think this is a trustworthy person, but also I don't know if they're going to what they're going to prioritize in terms of making decisions about how they act. Mm -hmm. Right. So we get the sense that Festo is at least familiar enough with Althea to have an opinion on her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, I don't know. I've talked to her twice. But instead, Festo's saying to a degree in some form they trust her. But depending on what's at stake and where the priorities are, Mm -hmm. they don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she's been a solid when it mm-hmm. comes to job over person, yeah, all, and party, kind of all bets but, are off. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely a who could never be sure situation. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what that's Festo's classic phrase. Well, and like we just said, again, even if Festo trusts Althea, how much can you trust Festo? Mm-hmm. Who is in whose pockets here? Sometimes, mm-hmm. literally, in the case of Festo, whose pocket do you sit in? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> well, and regardless of what people's motivations are, or whether they're honest or good people. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a situation like um, where if if what happened with Leon, like if people can be controlled, can you actually trust uh-huh. anybody? Because Buckminster is obviously pretty trustworthy and cares about Leon, but has been manipulated to not yeah. remember that something bad has happened. So you guys, how do you how do you yeah. trust somebody's behavior if you can't if they can't even trust their own mind? Right. Yeah, this brainwashing has really put a <laughs> wrench in all this. I gotta tell ya. B, you were looking up fairies. Did you find anything? My fairy search led me nowhere mm. in telling okay. me how they would deal with lies and whatnot. But if he is following 5e rules, they mm-hmm. are tricksters, for yeah. sure. I would say in okay. most mythology they are, yeah. So like tricks and pranks yeah. and okay. chaotic, yeah. I think the thing that I've heard is mm-hmm. like individual fairies, maybe you could trust an individual fairy, but like fairies as oh. a whole, you don't want to... Yeah. Um, like kind of like humanity. That's true. <laughs> Don't trust a, a, a gaggle of fairies. Yeah. They're going to be up to something. They're going to turn and, and snicker when you when you leave with them. Oh, don't like that. But I'm like just going to pull some very classic mm, men in black lore. Oh. A person is smart. People are dumb. A person is smart, but people are dumb. Oh, there it like, is. Ooh. 
So of fairy is trustworthy. Fairies don't trust him. Yeah. Yes. Well, we know Festo is pretty atypical to begin with because of the whole true, holding yes. down a regular job kind of thing. <laughs> seems a little very true. Seems a little atypical. I don't think that's. It's usually does not fit into their party schedule, which is you know mm-hmm. I can respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we have to go from intellectual struggles to actual battle time. Yeah. Practice. Fight. Battle. Fight. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> We learn a little bit more about Frostus. Frostus Crush Crushman. <laughs> yes. So I'm guessing Crush is like the in quotes in between Frostus and Crushman. I want it to just be his middle name. His parents were <laughs> like, Straight what up. should we do for a middle name? Frostus <laughs> Crushman. What about his crush? Love it. Mr. Crushman. Double, double the crush. <laughs> he, I like it. And, you know, they were right because Crush is a total baller, heavyweight arena champion in battles to the death so Mm. damn girl and then do we remember what jemson uh what jemson's race is i don't recall let me see if i wrote that down i mean we definitely need it for the new arts of course of frostus Uh, crush crushman blood soaked world famous status alive he's a human according to the adventures on wiki okay humans in this universe i don't believe it yeah so according to this he's human i I think we can probably assume that the wiki is is correct on that it could be wrong but um i bet they're right i don't yeah because i remember of course jemson was their arena trainer when they were hench people yeah and now that they and that at least fitz has leveled up it sounds like they get to work with crush yeah they've gone from featherweight to heavyweight yeah yes well and that's so cute. Like, obviously, you gotta love these two anyway. And then this, like, badass description of Crush and just mm-hmm. blood-soaked dragonborn. Great. This is wonderful. And then you, I just imagine, like, Jemson on the side, like, cheering him on. Go, honey. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Get him. Very cute. I imagine it's sort of like, like, now listen, I don't watch wrestling, but I have so many friends who do that I am at least aware of it. So I imagine it's sort of like those storylines. And I, I believe there are wrestlers who will like start dating and whatnot. So I like to think that that's how it happened in the arena, mm. where like these two would not obviously have fought one another, but mm-hmm. they just met at so many shows that then it was like, right. even the crowd was like, oh, excuse me, did you see <laughs> right. the way that Crush was looking at Jensen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fan forums were going nuts for these two. <laughs> they just loved them. Now, fanficking aside, we can get into Never. the battle. And always yeah. and forever, keep it in your heart. But for now, quick sneak attack. Oh I gosh. love that tr- like, Griff gets away with using a sneak attack, which Fitzroy should not be able to do. <laughs> he can't do it. it Jeff catches on too late. Specific, yeah. They have now set <laughs> yeah. up a standard where it, whereby anyone in this universe, if they are sufficiently committed to it, can just yell sneak attack at pretty much any moment and try to justify exactly. that they have actually done which so. Which is so funny, <laughs> which would totally negate the sneak. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> Crush is not immediately impressed with these boys. <laughs> I think he just shares a look with Marie, like, be ready. It's <laughs> just, I don't know for sure what's going to happen here, but it might get bad. Yeah. I will say, I didn't take a ton of notes. I was just kind of enjoying the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, what's there to say? There are some good moments, but there's not a ton to say. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're not going to try and live commentate this this fight. Although, no. as funny as I mean, that maybe might at be. at some point. But <laughs> yeah, that would be great. If there were visuals, it would be hilarious. Like actual visuals. Uh, if, you, if you're trying yes. to commentate people talking, that seems like it would be a nightmare. Yes. And very upsetting and uncomfortable for anybody who then tries to <laughs> listen back to it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they did well enough that they've decided like you can yeah. go against this incredibly dangerous person who even in a school setting yes. we need a doctor there just Still, so you don't die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is serious yeah. business and it's not really going super great at first. I mean cuz Argo <laughs> no. also tries yelling sneak attack like ap- which <laughs> I mean no, how's that no. Um, but he was hoping, yeah, Fitz could throw him off and then he'll come in. Also, I like to think it's him again, just being kind of awed by Fitz and being yeah. like, oh, he did it all day. Yeah, it that's too. true. Yeah, I thought that was sweet. But, but you know, I mean, it's kind of going okay. Like they're getting a few hits in, but it's not really doing yeah. any damage. And then I, I love the visual of, of, I mean, I know this was a goof, but so like the Fearball casts, tries to cast hold person, which doesn't work. <laughs> if this was reality, this would be the most disappointing thing that you're kind of like mm-hmm. trying to reach out and hold somebody and it just does nothing. It does nothing <laughs> at all. But I, I love just Justin 
accidentally slipping into a completely different character. <laughs> like the idea of this oh was, he messed up so bad. He failed so hard that he is now some guy named Jerry. <laughs> Just knocked into a completely different understanding of life. <laughs> Yes, another, just one of those really great moments in this fight. That was so good. I loved when Fitz went into his rage Mm -hmm. and we got the, I forget what it's called every single time, the wild magic. Yeah, the wild magic chart that that he rolls on. Yeah. Yeah. And this time, it was the beam and it, I mean, it worked. (laughs) It was like a killer Care Bear stare. Like, I know he went Iron Man, but that was what I was thinking of. I know it's like a belly versus tummy situation, so I don't want to get into the like... (laughs) the details of where the beam is coming from but still that was what i thought of before i thought of iron man (laughs) oh my god i love it and i like that um this this spell like because of the the whole concept with the wild magic and he doesn't really have control over it he had no idea that this was going to happen he's never seen this happen before um i like that he was yelling you know some kind of attack name before he even knew what was going to happen (laughs) he was just like Mm -hmm. workshopping it gotta commit um Mm -hmm. and then the idea of it of it being like really powerful like it's the first thing that that actually bloodies crush and it probably is one of the only yeah. things that might have is they could have been you know kind of in a war of attrition here like just kind of smacking him a little bit for a really long time unsuccessfully right. but but this is also because it's wild magic like uh argo and the fearball have yeah. to dive out of the way <laughs> of this massive blast which i like to think it's just them learning learning the true value of working together and being able to kind of see it coming, yeah. be like, okay, he's about to go off. Let me just mm-hmm. be aware of it. In the context of the story, I like to think that that would be it. <laughs> yes. They can just see when this that's is about cool. to happen and they know to be on their toes. Uh-huh. And that's that good gameplay where you do get to like, and again, helpful when you're all around the same table. Yes. You kind of like make that eye contact like, I'm going to do this. You know what to do. And it's like, ooh, mm-mm-mm-mm. Love it. Mm-hmm. And then, surprising to everybody, especially Fitz, crush rages. Mm -hmm. And the little what we get from Griff in that moment was just excellent. Who can play this game? Say psych. Say psych. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. That is like, oh, no. Oh, no. Please, please. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. It's the same thing of like when a sibling will keep punching at another sibling. Uh And then the second that the other sibling turns around, it's like, no, 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 no. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Don't touch me. Especially because Crush, like he he deals this really uh, this really bad damage with his giant sword to yeah. Fitz, and then is immediately like, okay, now let's go into teaching well, mode. While Argo's like, yeah. Argo's like, I still want to keep going, and Fitz is apparently bleeding out. I guess <laughs> temporarily. I mean, what did you learn? <laughs> Yeah, he did take quite a hit, and then this is where they say they mention the fact that they fought a chain demon. Mm-hmm. And Which is a chain devil. I wondered, I was like, one, I think it might have been a devil. But then two, it seemed weird that Crush didn't know that that was a surprise yeah. element here. That yeah. that had not been brought up before. Well, mm-hmm. I think it was because when they debriefed, what in whatever way they debriefed with somebody in the school, it probably wasn't with him. Because it sounds like from, from context sure. that it no, was it, not. And I don't know why it yes. would have been. But um, they, in this conversation, are saying that they believed this this boss was also an imp so they didn't know that this was another mm. kind of creature that was so much more dangerous like i mean obviously sure. experientially they knew that it was going kind of badly in the in the course of things but they they just That's assumed true. it was an imp i think was was um mm. the way yeah, they like were handling yeah i think this was the way they were handling okay. the conversation because they do describe it as an imp and then and and you could say well maybe they forgot <laughs> as players that they forgot but i i thought um that I like that as a as a character choice that they just didn't have enough experience yeah. to know any better that they wouldn't know that that it would be metagaming if they did because it was Travis yeah. telling them as players what they were fighting. Yeah, I like that explanation. I think that that works. And then when they do realize that this is this wasn't just another imp, uh, Crush is proud of them, and that's all Fitzroy <laughs> has ever wanted to hear. <laughs> I genuinely wasn't sure if he was trying to be sarcastic or if it was just like a genuine moment. Like I could, I could go I either think way. That with was it. genuine. I read it as real. Yeah, yeah I that was know. what it I thought too. It would be funny too, if it but... was fake, but yeah. <laughs> Fitz unenrolls the next day. I got what I needed. You know I'm what? I'm ready to go, boys. I'll see you on the other side <laughs> of the God's carcasm. I'm not going. <laughs> 
Yeah, you wonder whether um, we've heard about Fitzroy's mother, but we haven't heard anything about his dad. And you wonder whether this is yeah. sort of a ah, finally a father figure who's proud of me. <laughs> you wonder. It could be. Oh, it could be. But uh, speaking of which, the next scene is Argo trying mm. to do more research, in fact, on Fitzroy and on his family. And he goes to the library to talk to Sabor, who is also a member of the Unbroken Chain. So they can talk openly <laughs> about this. This is the one scene where there's like no real subterfuge at all yeah <laughs> yeah a decent level of trust also p.s my notes when uh fitzroy was talking to althea one of them was just that uh argo should be eavesdropping outside the door here which <laughs> of course we know wouldn't work but how funny would it be if then fitzroy goes to get argo opens the door he's oh you're right here yeah she's ready to see <laughs> he's just <laughs> casually like, like eating Argo's a lime <laughs> yeah. but obviously he couldn't even if he had tried mm-hmm. he would not have been able to hear anything so yeah right off to the library. Yeah, and we do, in fact, in this scene, find out something about Fitzroy's father as well as his yeah. mother. So some seems there has been some at least obfuscation, if not outright lying, that uh, yeah. Fitz's mother is not, in fact, royalty or from a hybrid family. She has no money and no title, no fame, yeah, none of none of the things that, that I would say Fitz has heavily implied that his family has. Right. Mm-hmm. And his right. father was basically a long-haul trucker. Yeah. Also named Jerry. They exactly. love that name. They love a Jerry. They love a Jeff. They love a Gregory. Those are some very common. Mm-hmm. I feel like McElroy just pick a name. Gerald. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> some names are just funnier than others, I guess, you know? It's true. <laughs> this is absolutely fact. And before we get too far away from it, I do just need everybody to appreciate the fact that Argo asked for... The swimsuit edition of Knights <laughs> yes. Illustrated in hoping to find something on Fitz. And I found that very, very interesting. That seemed like more of like a personal, like also on the side. Was he ever in any any magazine? That's how it read a little bit to me. Just saying, just Yeah, saying. I guess he was paying attention when uh, Fitz was talking about wanting to be in um, Boy Clothes. Boy Clothes. Yeah. <laughs> He knows he knows what Fitz enjoys, which is important. He does. He knows what Fitz likes. He, <laughs> he knows, knows what, what Fitz, Fitz wants. wants. <laughs> Fitz wants to be a knight of in the realm of Good Castle. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, back on track. Yeah. Yes, we learned that his family seems pretty normal. Yeah, just sort mm-hmm. of they don't know anything about them. Nothing unusual, nothing would indicate why he has right. this magic or from from Argo's standpoint also not really completely why the unbroken chain is so interested in him i mean obviously the Absolutely. magic thing but like how do they even find out about it and and why are they so curious about his family like what is what is even going on here yeah right again this takes me back to the question what was griffin's idea what exactly is travis is. pushing mm-hmm. right cuz i do love the thought of it's this is my character this is how he behaves but this is his actual background and yeah it's all like a bravado a facade yeah i want to be better than i am so taking that very uh teen drama take of Mm -hmm. it i'm the new kid in town and my dad's super famous and super rich and and then they go to their house and it's like a normal apartment yeah 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 i mean i will say as far as we know um that griffin brought the concept of this wild magic using using the wild magic uh, feature to the table. So that was his mm-hmm, idea. Yeah. And I do wonder whether Travis was informed by that in terms of like the things that seem to be going on in this universe, like the sort of undercurrent of bad things that maybe maybe mm-hmm. he drew from Griffin's ah, character concept. He was inspired. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I, I like also the, the idea if there's maybe kind of a little bit of a medium mm-hmm. between these two. Like, did Travis come up with it or did Griffin come up with it? Like, maybe Griffin started answering things as Fitzroy, yeah. sounding like he was full of shit, <laughs> and then Travis decided to take that and run with yeah. it. You know, mm-hmm. that could be fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's critical. To, I mean, I'm certainly also curious about some of the finer points of how this happens, but these boys have been collaborating for a really, really long exactly. time. Exactly. And they right. can pick up on things that they may not have to have an active discussion about. So something like that is yeah. absolutely believable that, um, yes. you know, they don't have to sit down and stop the story and say, okay, how how do you want to handle this? Because right. I think they instinctively uh, are good at predicting each other's gameplay and predicting each other's moves and, um, you know, sort of picking up on a thread that the other one starts. Yeah, exactly that. And regardless of who came up with it, we do now have this information on 
Dendra, and they do have an address for her. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I just have to say, I feel like like I'm worried about this. Like I feel like Fitz is going to feel very betrayed, yeah, very violated. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm nervous for how this is going to shake out. Like as soon as he was like, "Well, here's the address," I was like, "Oh boy, this is <laughs> this is getting into some territory that I don't know how you can step back from." Yeah, and I just keep giggling about the idea of like an address, like, like <laughs> five two four. <laughs> I was going to say Maple Court Drive. (laughs) (laughs) That's where they live. Well, don't you think they just have a postal service? Like the way we used to have mail, which was... Yeah. I think I just think of it as numbers on a building. Uh, And I don't think that that's the world we're living in. Yeah. But maybe it is. I don't know. I I haven't traveled. How did people write letters to someone specific before there were addresses? How did those pigeons and those ravens get to them? I've always wondered that. (laughs) I mean, I assume... I'm guessing the birds are just the smartest, actually. Yeah. yeah. Have some level of magic, perhaps. <laughs> mm. But I feel like an address could even be like Dendra Maplecourt of whatever yeah. town. I, I assume of, so. You know, uh-huh. Or like whatever sector of whatever town. And then it's like, yeah, you just get it there. Yeah. And that's... Yes. So I feel like just the word address makes presumably, sense. <laughs> presumably the towns yeah. are small enough that people are not like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like when my friend uh, Kelly would send me letters... She didn't know the house number, but she knew what street it was on. So she would just make up numbers, mm-hmm. but put the right oh, no. street, and it would always find me because, like, the postal person knew. Oh yeah, who where the Bailey? I remember lived. getting one that was yeah Bailey Eddington Drive. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. and I was like, oh wow, like there were no numbers, but they knew. They figured <laughs> it out. I'm not saying that I ever mailed anything to people's internet names, but I may have done that, <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally mm-hmm. when I didn't know their last name like a fictional character and it still got there Ah, of course yeah (laughs) wow yeah i definitely mailed some packages to some anime characters back in the day (laughs) well you have to (laughs) they were all love notes (laughs) it got there the mail is powerful the mail knows what's up and so clearly it's the same here Mm library is also powerful since they have in addition to providing him with this critical plot information sabor has has gotten in the book that argo requested (laughs) the adventures of larry the lime (laughs) Oh my god, so cute. Also cute is the fact that uh, he wants to learn more about barbarians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe how to woo one. <laughs> mm, what are barbarians like? He's like, Sabor, could you help me out? I know what Fitz likes, but what do barbarians <laughs> like? Wants to really personalize it. <laughs> the amount of self-control that it's taken not already to have done a fake cover for The Adventures of Larry the Lime is, is really high. I'm trying to do more productive <laughs> things with my time, but it's tempting. I want a bunch of different, like I, this is one of those things where now that you've said it, I want to get a bunch of different takes on what people would think The Adventures of Larry the Lime would look like. Like, yeah. does it look like a cute kid's book? Does it look like an adventure book? Does Ooh. it, you know, what is it? I want to see everybody's <laughs> different takes on it. Is Larry good? Is exactly. He bad? Is he like the bad seed, which is, is it... the image I had come in my head? Oh, interesting. So you draw one, we'll each draw our own. Everybody who <laughs> wants to participate, bring them on. I want to see <laughs> what people think excited. of Larry the Lime. And while everyone is drawing their favorite lime <laughs> on his best adventures, <laughs> mm-hmm. we've got Master Furbolg finally meeting with Althea. Finally, it's And time. he comes in <laughs> like a total boss, <laughs> kicks his feet up, and <laughs> proclaims himself the resident bad boy here to see the principal and it's just a great little intro that Althea is not prepared for at all he really threw her off (laughs) that's great it makes for a great joke and that's that's how you make sure that you've got the upper hand oh yeah throw her off her game I really support the idea that in this fantasy universe that like 80s John Hughes movies exist Mm. in some form that there's like a fantasy version there's a fantasy John Hughes making films there is. And somewhere between probably this morning and at this point, and probably maybe after he ran into the Garys, uh, he f- probably had lunch with Rainier. <laughs> and uh-huh. she was like, oh, going like this. Like, this is what you got to do if you're yeah. having this kind of meeting. Maybe they're fantasy John Hughes plays, and they had just seen one of these plays the other day. And she's like, you know what you do. <laughs> oh, maybe that's maybe that's why uh, why the Fearbulk had the sunglasses. Doesn't he say he has sunglasses on? I wonder <laughs> he, if they're, he they're the ones for Gary. 
Oh, he pretends. Yes. Right. He pretended to have sunglasses. I was not paying close <laughs> enough. I was I was envisioning the sunglasses so strongly. I believed in them with my that's, whole heart. He just <laughs> his magic worked on you because that's what he told Althea to do. Imagine. Mm-hmm. He sold the character so well. You just believed it. I'm pulling them down. But But in reality he was crying and doing his best to lie. The facade is quickly dropped. His tummy hurts. He can't hold this for very long. Oh, my goodness. And fortunately for him, Althea understands how furbolgs behave and that they are not liars and promises to not push at any point to cause him distress, which I thought was quite lovely. Yeah. She's being Almost very, very considerate. Exactly. It's, cons- it's a considerate interrogation. Yes. It's that whole, like, and that's isn't so it nice. an interrogation? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but being an honest fear bulg, he, he opens up to her a little bit about what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, in a way that he doesn't actually give specific details, which was smart. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, brains of the operation. Uh-huh. He gives enough. That she is aware of the severity of the situation, that I am losing time, I am not in control all the time, and I don't like it, and I need to know why. I'm not telling you this for your benefit. I'm not telling it to get anything off my chest. Yeah. I need to know. Right. He, he doesn't even know if he's living by the code that he lives by, that his whole clan has lived by. Right. Which kind of makes me circle back to what they didn't talk about, it, which is why he was exiled. Yeah. We still don't know. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Still no straight answer there. He doesn't want mm-hmm. to talk about it. But I, I, mm. I did like this as a... Um, as character development that that the way that he's approaching describing this um to Althea that it that like you said it's it's not kind of selfish reasons or even egalitarian reasons that he's thinking about the fact that this is a betrayal of who he is like really fundamentally and that he feels like he's betraying his community by by being manipulated Mm -hmm. that he he needs to know that he's following you know, like what his responsibilities yeah. are to the community um, and not being able to do that. It's like the wor- I think this is the worst thing he could imagine right after yes. having been asked to leave his clan. So he's right. it's, he's having a bad yeah. year, the fear bulk. Yeah, it's bad to worse. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a 2020 situation <laughs> in here. Mm. This poor boy. We got to try to help him. And luckily, she's she has something that she just hands right over that might be able to help this brooch. <laughs> she's literally bugging him. I, lo- I love that it looks like a little beetle. So <laughs> cute. It reminds me of Rita Skeeter. Mm-hmm. So she gives him a bug that will record his conversations, mm-hmm. which is great for him because he can kind of, and they have a, a good conversation about like, you don't have to lie if they don't know about mm-hmm. it. Right. So maybe I keep it under my leaf shirt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's kind of like figuring out subterfuge, which is great. Yes. Um, but then but it's always the question. Who else can hear it then? Exactly. Uh-huh. Who else is this? And he says, is this kingdom a two-party consent <laughs> state? And I had to write it down because I was like, I might be tired. I don't know what is actually happening here. That's essentially like when if you are like bugging a phone, if it's not a two, if it's a two party consent state, you like can't turn around and use that if the other person didn't agree to being recorded. Yes. So Mm -hmm. like you can't use that then in court. Yeah. He was concerned (laughs) about that. Yeah. (laughs) He's learned so much of this. He's very, he's a very clever boy. Oh, he wants to just make job. sure his bases are covered, and I, I respect that. So smart. Yeah. But again, when we have the question, great, now he's got a recording. Who else is listening in? Uh-huh. Does this go back to the hog? Because how, how smart of Althea to be like, oh, right. well, yeah. <laughs> have I got a tool for you? While well, she wouldn't give Fitzroy the eavesdropping, the anti-eavesdropping ring, mm-hmm. but she right. will give the furbolg the recording device. Yeah, I thought Very that was interesting as well. Point. I mean, you could certainly make an mm-hmm. argument that maybe in the universe, which we don't really know the rules of, that like one of these things is really easy to get and the other is really hard um right. we don't sure. know so i mean it's not necessarily nefarious it, true it's not necessarily and i guess at least the way she put it was that she uses that bug to remember interviews go back mm-hmm. to moments of interviews so it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it was anything to protect herself whereas the ring is absolutely something to protect right. herself. yeah mm-hmm. 
So that could be it. I don't know. The beetle was a Best Buy purchase. The ring was. <laughs> the cereal box mail Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yes. You have to earn that shit. Mm-hmm. But the, the the big takeaway, at least for me, is that the fact, again, in each of these conversations, she really wants each of these boys to come right to her if yeah. anything weird happens. And is that good or bad? Mm, Always the question. Know. She's definitely taking it seriously. She's Because uh, yes. I, I wondered before this episode started whether she was going to make some sort of attempt to downplay it or say, like, oh, you're worried about nothing. Like, either whether she believed mm. that or not, that that might be what she told them. Yeah. That is not how it went Ooh. down. Interesting. Yeah, good call. So we'll have to see what happens next. But before we leave, there is one more thing. Oh. Argo has has written, in fact, already to Dendra now that he has her address. And, uh-huh. and we get to hear the text of this letter, which is a lot. It's a lot. It is all... It's very elaborate, and it's all very much a lie. This whole story, all this backstory, (laughs) some of which is true about them being friends, uh, and the the whole thing about the tradition of the roast, which is absolutely not true. Uh, (laughs) But now I do want it to happen. I want the roast of Fitzroy to happen. But you would have to explain to him what was actually happening, because if he didn't know, he would just take great offense to it initially. But if right. he knew it was all in fun. I would not try to roast a, a, a barbarian with wild magic. That feels like it could go really bad. You know bad. what? That's fair. That's fair. That could break bad real quick. But it was genius fodder for this letter. Mm-hmm. It's a very it's a very clever lie. It is a good lie because yes. there's just enough of the oh, well, truth seeded into it. Um, and, and like mentioning, oh, here are some things, like asking about the hot mint gum at the end, because uh-huh. that's something that he shouldn't know unless they were actually friends. Like it's this, right. the one piece, he managed to like weaponize the one piece of really personal information oh. that, that Fitz gave him in the other conversation. So even though it uh-huh. didn't seem useful at the time, and the unbroken chain was like, this is nothing. That's he nothing. managed to yeah. use it as a seed to like plant this giant tree of a lie. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And again, to me, it was cute. But when he makes a point to promise, even to her, that he's going to protect Fitzroy. So it's interesting to me that like it actually wasn't something he needed to add Mm -hmm. to the letter. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, is that his guilt coming through? Or is I don't I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's almost that just that bit of integrity. That right, is he it that? needs her to know that you know we're gonna have fun. Uh huh. Yes, this is all in fun and game. I'm but not trying to hurt your boy. Also, yeah, and I think that was for sure the truest part of the letter for me. Right, like of in this huge hilarious lie of having this roast <laughs> and like explaining how fun it's gonna be. Then, right, the reality is. That part about him protecting Fitzroy is the is absolutely real because yeah. again we've seen it now multiple times him saying exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and girls, it's real sweet. <laughs> it's not going to go well when he eventually finds it's out because that be does so tend to be gosh. what happens with secrets is eventually people find yes. out. We have all read this fan fiction this is and the it's fanfic. The, it's a hurt comfort. One hundred twenty-five. <laughs> like we just keep adding friends to lovers, slow burn. <laughs> Friends to enemies to friends to lovers. It's intense. (laughs) You know, and it's it's the fanfic that is just coming to life, and I can't wait to read more. (laughs) But we have to wait till next Uh time. Till the next time. Uh, For now, is there anything we missed that we would like to bring up now? I've just got the one thing. It's not anything important, but we didn't say it at all, and it is the term business lube. (laughs) I wrote it down. Good. It has nothing before or after it. It was just something that I felt needed to be talked about. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's on the murder board. Good point. I I guess I'm looking for more freelance work because I wrote down, can you work professionally having trees fall on you at some point, which I did Mm. not actually remember I had written down. Always good to leave a surprise in your notes for yourself. Like, is there is there maybe some some potential work here? Maybe not, you know, literal trees, but like, is there some way? Yeah, something there, something there. I bet there is. <laughs> well, the only thing that I had has nothing to do with this, but I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to bring it up on the show. I already said business lube. Well, you did already say that, which reminds me of this other thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, so apparently, it's been low key confirmed by Travis on another show that the master carpenter who made. Rainier's chair was likely Mr. Magnus Burnside's, which I love, and I hadn't even considered. And then I heard that. I was like, oh, excuse me. And the theory is now out there 
She said her dad is a lich, so no spoilers, but just saying that Rainier might be related to some people that we already know and love. So as much as the Fearbulg joked about being friends with Rainier's dad, we might all be friends with Rainier's dad, just saying. She did say, though, he wasn't a lich when she was born. Mm -hmm. Well, and she's human, too, right? As far as we know. So maybe a different lich, but that mm. that would be cute. I, I I do love that. I had not heard that. I must have missed um whatever that was on. I forget which show. I read it somewhere and was like, oh, I love this. I love mm-hmm. that theory. That in yeah. some way they're still nearby. Aww. Magnus, there's something there's something <laughs> especially around. poetic about that. You know, not just kind yeah. of because you know you could do a cameo or something like that. You're know, like, oh, who's that person sitting over there at the bar? Right. But somehow having it be like that something that they built is still in the something world doing created. good. Like yeah. that's that's very pretty. Right. I love that. That's mm-hmm. a very elegant way to do it. Very good. Thank you for sharing. Because I for sure had not heard that. Happy to do so. And now it is time for our poll. So. We asked what stat you would roll when making grapes. That was our very important question last time. And the voting was close, but it turns out the answer is most likely dexterity, which I think That's makes fair. a lot of sense. That's fair. That, yeah. I, as someone who flips a lot of eggs right now, mm-hmm. I totally believe in this. You agree with that one? I do, because you don't want to... You don't want to break it. You don't want it you to want tear. It there's there's a lot of care yeah. and a lot of finesse that has to go into that. So yes, agreed. See, I I voted charisma. I think only because I think of crepes <laughs> as a fancy. I think shows. well, yeah. I mean, I think of crepes as like a fancy food. Like I'm probably not going to make yeah. crepes for dinner. Although now I am thinking I kind of want a crepe. Mm. Uh, now that it's in my brain, <laughs> I'm like mm, crepes. But <laughs> but you know, like I sort of felt like. If you have a really good charisma role, right, then no matter how the crepes come out, you're going to you're going to do the presentation right. You're going to you're going to give it to this other person because I'm just assuming that you don't make crepes for one that you're going to present it Mm. in a way that makes that person feel good about it, even if you made a bad crepe. Oh, okay. I like this approach. I forget which one I voted for, but I like the idea that there's an argument for each and every one of these stats. Oh, yeah. It's most important that you cook with love before anything else. That's the most important stat of all, the friends we made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) The crepes we made along the way. The crepes we made along the way. And now this time, what magic item would you save your box tops for? We'll have that pull up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone. And we will see everybody back at school in two weeks. Till then, again, take care of yourselves and thank you for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Don't be rickety. (laughs) And we've been romancing the zone.